You know what to do. Leave a message after the... Uh, hey there, Mr. Uh, Philip Vanguard. This is just, uh, you know, I'm one of your concerned fans, and I just wanted to let you know that um, it's kind of a shitty thing what you've been doing to your co-host, Darren. You're kind of, you're cutting him off. You're, 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 you're not laughing. He's telling some really funny, he's got some funny material, and just kind of brushing it off. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a shame. And uh, am I surprised? No, it's typical of the, you know, lamestream media and the gay agenda, I mean. But, you know, I just thought maybe you should look into your heart and ask God if this is the right thing to do. Save me. Save my soul. Hallelujah. Fucking call me fool. I don't text. I talk. Bam. So look, you ask me, you beg me. Yeah, I did. (laughs) You beg me to watch this fucking show. Philip, mm-hmm. you begged me to watch this fucking show, and guess what? I watched it. Why? Because it's not because there ain't shit to do. I always got shit to do. I'm a busy man. But because I honor our friendship, I honor our brotherhood, I honor <laughs> our sisterhood. Okay. <laughs> Tell me, and... and look, I watched a fucking show. And I got to admit, it was engaging. It was well done. See, that's the trick, right? That's mm-hmm. the fucking catch. The show we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is the Tiger King. I'm not presenting this in a negative way. Philip, tell me. Philip, tell me. What the fuck was your point of telling me to watch this stupid fucking show? I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. I just didn't want to be alone in my, like everything i was still i watched it in one one day one sitting and um i was like i cannot process this alone i need to bring other people in and i thought you would uh, be the perfect person to go along this ride with me so mm-hmm. couldn't process it alone mm-hmm. needed a friend to go along on the ride with you mm-hmm. i feel like the babysitter and you're Jeff Lowe's 17-year-old wife. <laughs> okay, so I don't remember anybody's name, so obviously... <laughs> you know what I feel is, you know, one, one takeaway was that there is a certain amount of injustice for Carol because she was the mm-hmm. only main kind of um, protagonist, antagonist, main character that did not have um, a 17-year-old partner. Hmm. This is true. This is true. You know, but uh, she's too busy feeding husbands to her her cat, so I guess she doesn't have time for romance. Do you think that's what she thinks when they're... <laughs> you know what I mean? When they're... <laughs> is she like, oh... Time to feed the cat. She's like, she's just like... This cat is hungry. <laughs> See, I don't think they argue. I think what happens is the tension builds with the guy... What the fuck is his name? Um, I don't know. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this is if I was watching a porno, mm-hmm. he would be the guy watching his partner get fucked. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, or maybe she's just not a sexual person. Which, I mean, that's a route you could take, but I don't think so. I don't. I don't see it. I mean, maybe it's a question of what sort of. Uh, what sort of look she's going for in terms of her sexuality, what sort of, um, 
biological makeup or or let's say species you know what i mean <laughs> oh my god i don't know if i want to like start with just talking about the inner workings of her sex life uh, ladies and gentlemen <laughs> we, are, we are the new adults we are here to talk about the <laughs> epic hit show tiger king it's been breaking box office blah 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 this is what i'm saying philip this is what i'm saying okay i want you to take me very seriously this is not a fucking joke a lot of times, your generation, you like to joke, okay? This is fucking <laughs> serious, okay? I'm saying, no, it's okay. No, I, I don't, I wouldn't take it in that direction either. Yeah. I just wanted to know if we have time. We talked about doing this episode, but I have fan fiction. <laughs> it's called The Lonely Cub. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're serious, aren't you? I know part of you is very serious. Like you're writing. No, <laughs> yes. I, that's so disgusting. That's so disgusting. When <laughs> I'm reading erotic fiction and there's any hint of bestiality, I scroll down and keep jerking. When I told you to watch this, I was. I was, okay, because I had the moment, probably like everyone else, where I'm like, oh, this is going to be a train wreck, and I'm here to watch, and then it was more than a train wreck. Um, it was, like, multiple train wrecks, and then um, there was, like, hidden train wrecks you didn't realize were happening until you, like, are walking through the town, and you're like, oh, shit, how did this happen? And um, I just wanted to know what your, like, a play-by-play -play of, like from beginning what you were your preconceptions were and how you were feeling in the moment and all of that stuff this is the thing this is the thing i had already heard somebody i'd already heard a coworker mention it so i was already in a kind of cynical mood about oh these middle class people educated people they love to look down on white trash people i'm sitting there i'm watching it i'm engrossed in the story i want to know more but at the same time, I'm also conscious of a process of like, this is a endless mire, an endless pit. Well, okay, so I didn't know what to expect, and I thought it would be like a reality show. And I was like, I'll just give it a little, a few minutes of my time, and then I'll click away. But then I was surprised. It was like, ooh, serious documentary. So what was really shocking to me was the tone, right? It felt like... Because there's like a disconnect here with what, you know, like what the they're capturing and then what they're crafting, right? You know, and it I, I lost it when the dude with the long hair was like, I was down and out. And he's like, now look at me. <laughs> he was serious. And I'm like, that is such a line written for, um, you know, like a Christopher Guest movie. And I'm like, oh, this is just like a mighty wind and all that. But then why are these fucking like, okay, if I'm a, if I'm a little wannabe public figure, right. Hey, which I am. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. But I was like, you know, preservation and talking all my shit all day. Then I don't like, I just me personally, I would be much more careful about alluding to crimes I've committed. <laughs> you feel me? Well, I would be like, I even like... when we're speaking now, there's always going to be some things that I don't fucking keep anywhere near the front of my consciousness. Well, I mean, these, these people, it's it seems like that's what the the thing that was so 
exotic and so like entertaining was all these people are trying to create their empires and as they push forward and you know all the competition drives them to these like wildly arrogant like flourishes of like stupidity you know carol baskin being all like oh well if i wanted to kill him i you know i wouldn't put perfume on his boot like you know you would use you know sardine oil you know shit like that or like was that just the editing because it seems so pointed like yeah. they're telling us, but in a way that we can think we're smart for figuring it out. Okay, sorry. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But also beyond that, it just feels like, you know, different aspects of exploitation or like manifestations of capitalism. Like they're all assuming this role that they've seen, you know, and they're all trying to, you know, Joe Exotic is like, I want to be the Walt Disney of big cat zoos and then doc antle's like i want to be the steven spielberg of big cat zoos you know he's very hollywood and then like carol baskin's like i'm gonna be the social justice you know it's all aspects of exploitation carol hillary joe trump and teal third party you feel me totally i mean and then i mean that's so Spot on, because Joe even ran for president and mayor, you know? It's the American dream, is what it is. That's what the show's about. It's a decadent version of the American dream. Well, no, no, no. I would say the American dream in and of itself is decadent, right? No, but but I'm saying yes. Yes. I just mean in in earlier times, to have something that had so-called mainstream popularity, which now is just like a certain conglomeration of demographics, right? Like whichever you internet users you're really targeting or appealing to. Anyways, back in the day, mainstream shit, you couldn't talk shit about America. There was no motherfucking American empire. It was cowboys versus Indians. The cowboys were the good guys. All the fucking cowboys were heroes. Ronald Reagan, that was his shit too. That was, that was the whole thing. So then you go into the seventies, you get a little dystopian, you get a little dark, you got Chinatown, this kind of shit. Mm. Bam. Now today, right? You wouldn't have even had a movie about a trailer park with these motherfuckers in it. Now, they are these kind of prominent social figures, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's also fitting for this time because we're in a state of imperial decadence. Right mm-hmm. now, China's basically kind of rising up in terms of its power after this fucking plague shit is over. China's going to be in a stronger position. You know what I mean? Yeah. America's- yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah. So, this. What about the cup steaks? Wait, I wanted to go back to. If you don't buy them one, now, one, they're gonna go. Sorry. <laughs> one last point. Um, I I think the reason why this sort of um, American dream story plays so well right now, the whole it's this idea that they're just run of the mill. Um, they're basically not special, but somehow they've done extraordinary things. And it's like, anyone can do this. And the whole duality of they're trash, but they're making millions plays. It's kind of like the whole American Idol. The people who win aren't the weirdos that are talented and weird. It's the people who have that, oh, I came from middle America and I have a dream. And then they win and they don't, like, their career goes nowhere. But they 
it's a good story for television. Anyway, you were going to say something. I'm sorry. No, I didn't know. I'm listening. I'm feeling you because uh-huh. I found this inspiring in a similar way to how I felt the Freddie Mercury movie inspiring. Uh, wait, okay. I, I was not going to watch the Freddie Mercury movie. I'm like, okay, you know, it's like, I'm like, okay, because I, I did like Freddie Mercury, you know, I like his openness, his boldness. And so, uh, but anyways, my friend is hanging out. My friend wants to watch Freddie Mercury. So I go along with it because I'm passive aggressive, right? So then I wake up the next morning, I'm fucking born again. I was fucking born again. I was like, I don't give a fuck how bad I feel about myself. Be motherfucking Freddie Mercury and say, I'm going to do this shit and I'm going to be a fucking superstar. That's how I felt this morning thinking about Joe Exotic. Mm. I thought, mm. I don't give a damn. <laughs> fuck those motherfuckers. If I want to kill these fucking cubs, I'm fucking Darren Taylor. Yeah, I mean? yeah. I, you know, when I see these types of documentaries, I, I, I'm just like taking notes because I'm like, well, if I were to exploit a whole bunch of people or exploit a system or whatever um, and to make money, this is how it's done, you know, every time. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I guess I, I would say that's inspi- inspiration as well. <laughs> no, very true. You know, uh, Philip, as you know from knowing me personally, you know I have those issues about activism um, and the activist spaces, whatever the fuck that means, when a bunch of people get together and start calling themselves revolutionaries, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, so I'm watching fucking Carol Baskin, all these fools. I'm thinking of all these fucking little self-appointed managers of the left and all those fools, you know what I mean? Yeah, and... And it's not a fucking exaggeration. You come down to doing dirty shit when people are going for power. When they have the image of themselves as powerful, they have to continually sacrifice others in order to justify that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. should do. We should do a little thing. Fuck it. Fuck the podcast. We should do a video on <laughs> motivating yourself to become an entrepreneur and becoming successful. It's just no because when I look at who this is aimed at, this is aimed at people in our peer group or like in those kind of worlds that we're associated with. There are people who are educated, um, you know, more to the left, which are, it's a lot of us. And we're also people who prize compassion and empathy. And I'm saying, no, that was just another thing that showed that stuck out to me. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, because if you love cats, um, like there must be something redeemable in you, something loving, something nurturing. So I was mm. looking for that in these characters, but I'm like, yeah. nah, they're, they're all just as fucked up in the head as everyone else. You know what I mean? Living these fucking fantasy lives about the American dream and the fucking fairy tale and all that shit. Yeah. I mean, the cats, I think early on in the the documentary, you get the sense that even though everyone involved started with the best intentions and they all cared about cats... It, they're, they, the cats were just disposable and it just, you know, it's just another element that reveals our, uh, our really despicable nature as humans. Um, yeah. Have you ever held a, a little baby, mm-hmm. uh, tiger? No. You know, my, my ex-wife did. Really? Yeah. I was so fucking jealous. I was so fucking <sighs> jealous. 
Yeah. How no, did no, she? No. Did she go to one of those like roadside zoos or something, or did how did she come up? Uh, she was in Thailand. She was in Thailand. Oh, okay. She went with her friend. Um. Yeah. So, uh, Joe the Exotic. <laughs> okay. Well, so basically, it's like they seem to. I think. I think the reason that Carol didn't have a seventeen-year-old <laughs> is because didn't like Doc Anto wasn't his thing. Like, oh, I have all these little hot, you know, uh, Girl Scouts working for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. I think Carol didn't have it because Carol is the female villain. Mm. Mm -hmm. She's the female archetype, the cold bitch. I just feel like she really did a switch. Like in the beginning, I'm like, oh, wow, she seems level headed. She's making a lot of solid points. And then wham, it's like, oh, she's diabolical. And a lot of that is she just knows how to circumvent these people and how to inhibit their success like she's just you know using you know activism to her benefit and it's like well I mean you can't really hate her for being smart but they they fucking loathe her (laughs) you know you know to I think to have the the strength it takes to create relationships and hold relationships together which is what an organization is right mm-hmm. that's a lot of work and it can take it can it can happen through love it can come through love and and, and that's what they're showing is love right mm-hmm. so for us to attempt that in our own lives to try to be loving in our own lives is so difficult and so when we see you know these people like this I don't know, at least making money off of it. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> it's too fucking much. fake activist is what I'm talking about. Carol Baskin is fake activist. Because when you really hold people together, when you really care for people and when you have responsibility for others, mm. um, it's fucking taxing. I fucking hate it. I hate it. But it also mm. it's what holds me together and allows me to feel like I'm part of the fucking general flow of life, that I'm mm. giving back to somebody, that I'm trying to be accountable to somebody, even though I, I don't feel up to it, but I'm trying, you know? Mm-hmm. So when you see these motherfuckers that fucking put their fucking name out there every chance they get, yeah, they fucking fix a flat tire. They want to be Martin Luther King. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, fucking, yeah. But I understand that's my just that's my resentment. That's my fear of helplessness. That's my actual helplessness, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think maybe that's yeah. That's why I'm watching the show, right? right. So I could be like, fuck Carol Baskin, fuck Joe Exotic, fuck all these fools. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm just sitting. <laughs> I'm just sitting at home, so I can't do shit. Well, I guess it sounds like it's in a weird way, a small way, reassuring to to you. It's sort of affirming your uh, cynicism towards fake da- fake activists and um, all these charlatans. You know, <laughs> I get so emotional, baby. You, I get so worked up talking about that shit. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there were some funny moments like in the beginning when he's talking about how bonded these cats are to him and uh, how he started out and he's like next to one of the enclosures or one of the fucking cages and like the tiger's like nipping at his hands and like he's clearly hungry <laughs> and he's like oh he's just he just really wants to 
he wants me to pet him. And he's, like, really, like, getting crazy. And I'm like, does he not see this? This is so <laughs> wild. Or the, the pizza. Pizza. Like, the fact that... Okay, see, this shit is absurd, too. This shit is absurd. absurd. Like, the pizza, like, it wasn't enough that they had a whole segment about how they feed their cats and how hard it is and how much money, and then they have to go through these Walmart suppliers, and you're like, oh, this is, this is really disgusting, hard work, and you're watching them unload all this meat, and you're like, this is all prepackaged, you're gonna have to, like, people have to handle this shit, and then feed it to these animals every single day and then they cut to joe exotic and his fucking like branding machine and he's like have a pizza and they're like the meat on the pizza is from I'm like what the fuck it's like right here and then well bam <laughs> you're like my i wasn't ready for this <laughs> that's what makes this shit like south park <laughs> yes. That, and that's when you got to start to ask yourself, what the fuck? Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like, it's going to be like, it's going to be like, Carol like, is competing with Joe the Exotic, so she has a pizzeria of her own. And then on one of the pizzas, like, the camera catches, like, a fucking ring, like a finger with a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just so, like, it just, it's so out there. I'm like, this is not real life. Oh, dude. Not really. But I guess it is. Oh. <sighs> oh, my God. And then the music. What did you think of the fucking... Like, every possible way that you could market yourself and, like, be, like, the showbiz zookeeper. They all had it. Like, from Joe Exotic and his stupid country songs and music videos to Doc Antle riding in, you know, on an elephant. Like... Like that, I was just like, "Is this Universal Studios or, or what the hell?" Like, you know, decadence. Just imitating. Decadence. Yeah. decadence. It's all decadence. imitation. Imitation. <sighs> mm-hmm. Um, What's his name? Oh, Jeff Lowe. I like. I, mean, I want to meet him in a bar. Mm-mm. I want to meet him in a bar and get him high. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> no, thank you. No, uh, mainly because, like, again, there's so many like unsavory people in this world that remind me of my ex and i've like dealt with it <laughs> yeah. Whoa. whoa yeah which which one is your ex you know what i mean like you're talking about like uh-huh. is you, did you have an ex specifically like one of these individuals no no i'm just saying like the general um spirit of all these people who are like i want to make something big from the small operation and then you know, and they're just bumbling and they're dumb and they're reckless and they don't have any scruples and they're moral and they're not they're not afraid of death and danger. Like that was all of my ex. <laughs> yeah. That's why yeah. I'm like Yeah. Yeah. That's why that's yeah. why I have my buddies to keep me strong. <laughs> um yeah, I get you. It's like, yeah. you know, they have like they have a vision, right? Mm-hmm. They have a vision and like they know what needs to be done and like they're going to bring it all together. Is that what you're talking about? Well, no, they have a vision, but they have no idea how to bring it together. They're just really like they have all this confidence that's not earned, you know. The thing is, if you're trying to fucking get people together and like build your fucking dream and you're involving other people, right? 
Like, mm-hmm. then you sucking is has different consequences, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a frustrating part because that poor Travis dude, you know, how did he end up from California and then ended up in Oklahoma with this Joe Exotic dude? Like, you know, like... And then, yeah. Okay, again, that's where I look at that, and I'm like, just flip it around a little bit, and that could be a Quentin Tarantino movie or Natural Born Mm. Killers by Oliver Stone, where there's, like, some kind of, like, you know, 17-year-old or 13, 14-year-old looking girl, and there's, like, an older man. You know what I mean? Because, you know, did it... Didn't you get that feeling, Travis? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. It felt like a Tarantino movie, and I'm just... That's part of the tragedy. It was just, like, everything was falling into this perfect, like, normally contrived storyline, but then, like, these are real people. And whether it's being played up for the special or not, it's just, like... But, like, you know, they're still real people, you know, and that's what's disturbing about it. I like, okay, yeah, speaking of real people, okay, um, as a real American and a real man, um, I'm like some people because I don't name names, um, but <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I like that they had this idea of the trope of the gay man going after young straight men. So everyone, throughout the whole thing, it's amazing how everyone fits a role. It's like, you don't really see that a lot in documentaries, how precise everyone's role is. It's astounding how they were able to capture that and then distill it into, you know what I mean? Yeah. If I could have fucking written that story, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, would, I would be so happy. I would be so happy. Well, that, that reminds me of the, the producer who was doing the same thing, but he failed. You know, everyone is like destined to fail in the story. And then this Netflix dude comes along and is just like, And on that note, I think it's time to conclude this episode. The New Adults is lovingly produced by yours truly, and the music you are hearing is Barbarian by Perlio. And this here is the Tiger King himself, and if you want to hear the New Adults podcast, you better listen and like and subscribe and comment and glorify on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your damn podcast. Don't come for me, Carol.